the Mind Your OT Business podcast, where we empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners and others to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura Park Figueroa. Ready to take action? Let's jump in. Welcome to the first episode of the year 2021 of the Mind Your OT Business podcast. I'm so glad you're here, and this episode is going to be a rather hilarious year in review because we're going to look at some of the audacious, I actually called them that, audacious goals that I had for 2020, which were written at the end of 2019 before I was aware that we were going to be living through a global pandemic. So I actually think you'll be amused by how many goals I set, which was ridiculous. My goal for next year is simplicity for this coming year. But I really want to share these these goals with you because what happened was while so many of them were unmet, I actually ended up navigating the business to pivot and meet a lot of goals that we didn't even have planned for this coming year because we pivoted to the online space and launched a variety of online products, which are now going to be ongoing revenue sources for my businesses going forward. So I want to share all about my unmet goals, as well as the goals I'm planning for next year. And you are going to hear my numbers from last year. So every year in this year in review episode, I share my actual numbers for our profit and our revenue and what I paid myself and all of that. So that will be near the end of the episode after I review all the goals. So let's look back at, this makes me laugh so hard. Okay, let's look back at the goals I set for 2020 near the end of 2019. So the first area, so, oh, one thing I should start with is that I share with you my personal goals as well as professional goals, because I really believe that entrepreneurship is holistic. It, it really involves our whole selves. One of the things that I look for in the business leaders that I follow is that they are sharing personally about themselves, not just professionally, because I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but I know about a lot of entrepreneurial leaders who a lot of people follow who I don't particularly admire the way they run their personal lives. And so I choose not to follow those people. And that's why I share with you the personal goals as well. So I'm going to walk through so that you can know me essentially, but I'm going to walk through physical, spiritual, personal, sl- personal slash relational goals educational goals, and then my business goals. And I'll try to spend the most time on the business aspects because I know that's why you are here. So let's start with the physical goals. So last year, I had physical goals to move every day and back squat my body weight when I was weightlifting. So I did meet that goal very early in the year. And then I've been weightlifting, but man, just showing up at the gym has been my gold star. (laughs) You know, I give myself a gold star just by showing up at the gym for the last nine months because I haven't been trying to crush any weightlifting goals since, since the pandemic hit, essentially. So my move every day goal, though, is something that I'm going to continue into this coming year. And basically what that means, this has been really helpful for me because I have struggled my whole life to be very consistent with exercise. And when I embraced this concept at the beginning of 
2019. So I've been doing it two years now. This idea of just moving every day, moving my body every day. And what that looks like for me is that I go to the gym three days a week and do a pretty intense workout and a weightlifting coached workout. And then two days a week, I go on a long hike outdoors. I might trail run some days. It depends on what I feel. I just really listen to my body on those, but on those days, but the key is to get outside. And then on the weekends, I do whatever I feel like. But sometimes that's a short walk to a neighbor's house. Sometimes that's doing push-ups with my kids. Sometimes that is going on a really, really long hike that's strenuous. But it's just however I feel on the weekend days. But the concept of move every day helps me remember that I need to move my body every day. Today, it's Saturday, and it's about 2 p.m. as I record this, and I haven't exercised yet today. So I need I know that before I go to bed tonight, I need to move my body in some way. So that is helpful. I'm going to keep doing that next year, the move every day goal for my physical goal. I'm not setting a weightlifting goal, guys, because remember, I'm simplifying this year. Just moving every day is good. So I'm keeping up the gym, exercising outdoors, and doing what I feel like on the weekends. Okay. For spiritual goals. So last year, I, at the end of the year, I set this goal that I wanted to read literature from a bunch of different faith traditions to really influence and inform my own faith. And that did not happen (laughs) because when the pandemic hit, it was pretty much all I could do just to show up and play guitar on Zoom for our little church service. And that was it, guys. I, I really just had to pray and be out in nature. And I didn't have the emotional capacity or the reflective capacity to sit down and read books from other faith traditions. Now, this coming year, again, my, my I don't know if it's a word per se, but it's just a, a goal that I have this coming year is to just really simplify and slow down. And so my goal for this year, similar to moving every day, is to I guess I could say reflect every day. So that could be prayer, that could be reading something from a spiritual book or some sort of inspirational reading of some sort that helps me reflect on my life. And so that is going to just be my my kind of mantra or goal for the year is reflect every day. And I think that will help me to remember that it is a daily thing I need to be doing the same way I move every day. I need to be in communion with God every day for for me personally in my faith. So that's my spiritual goal. And then in 2020, I also had some nature connection goals. And these were like really big lofty goals that I made to attend a training for nature connection and children, which got canceled. So that goal wasn't met. And then I was going to go on a really long backpacking trip, which also got canceled. And we went on a shorter one with my family, which was great. It was a really great trip, but we had to cancel that one because my family could not do the the timing just didn't work out. It wasn't really a COVID thing, but we did do a trip and it was really great. And it was still a rather strenuous trip, but it was a good time as a family together this summer. And then my last nature connection goal was to do a solo backpacking trip, which did not happen because of COVID. I, A lot of these goals you'll hear me say didn't happen because I really didn't have much capacity to do anything else besides keep my business afloat this year, honestly. So Okay, so those were my nature connection goals. For this coming year, for my nature connection goals, 
I'm, again, keeping it really simple. I just want to do, I want to keep getting outdoors two or three times a week like I've been doing and spending time in nature. But for my main nature connection goal, I just want to do one backpacking trip. Keeping it simple, guys. Okay. So we've done physical goals, spiritual goals, nature connection goals, and then now we're on to relational or family goals. So last year, my goal for 2020 was to continue the practice, which we had just started at the end of 2019, of going out to breakfast with my husband on Fridays. That was like our time together. And basically, when COVID hit and we were home with kids 24-7 and everything around us was shut down... That just ended, and we have not replaced it with anything where we are consistently connecting with one another on a weekly basis and and having time to just talk and connect. And that has really been missed in our marriage, to be honest. Like it's been a really challenging year. And for this coming year, again, I'm you guys are probably just laughing at me as as I'm saying all this because you'll realize how audacious the goals were last year and how I'm just totally simplifying this year and keep taking it easy. But I am not a very affectionate person. Like, I'm affectionate with my kids, but for some reason with my husband, he tends to get, like, the short end of the stick with my affection. And so I really just want to be affectionate to him on a daily basis, to appreciate him, to give him a hug. Like, I just can get so focused on my work and so taxed by parenting, I think, that sometimes I forget to really appreciate Jose and all that he does to support me and our family. And so I want to be affectionate to him on a daily basis. Now, I am going to bring him on the podcast because in February is our 20th anniversary, and I want you guys to meet him and to know him a little bit, and I want to give him the credit that is due to him for keeping our marriage together for 20 years because, honestly, I'm just not an easy person to be married to. Um, So you will hear from him a little bit. He will be the only He'll be only the second guest that I've brought on the podcast who is not an OT. So I I want to just share his perspective with you because I think he has a lot of wisdom about relationships and how to have a good relationship. I've I've commented before in other maybe other podcast episodes even that I think our marriage is very good. It's healthy, but it's hard. And I think anyone who is in a good marriage can admit that it is very challenging at times to to fight for and to have that good marriage. And so I want to share his wisdom with you about relationships and how those closest relationships to us can really affect how we approach our work as entrepreneurs. And so I'm not exactly sure how I'll format it yet, but he's going to come on and be interviewed and, and I'll share You'll get to know him a little bit. Okay. Relational goals as well. I want to spend time with my youngest child each day, specifically focused on his home learning. You, I, I recently have discovered Charlotte Mason method of homeschooling. It is very aligned with how I see education and how I ideally think education should be done. And I kind of have just come to this realization that this this process of homeschooling with COVID may actually be a gift because I can direct his education and I wouldn't have ever kind of stopped to have that opportunity before because he's in public school and our public school is fine and I never really thought much about it. But now I really am embracing this idea of um, educating him at home and I've kind of been delving into a lot of learning about that. I want to really have an hour or two a day that I spend with him 
present and and supporting him with his learning because I'm really excited about some of the things that we can do together when we use Charlotte Mason philosophy. So anyway, if if you're interested in that, you can find a lot of information about Charlotte Mason online. I don't have a particular site that I recommend, but it's it's really kind of opened my mind to embracing this process of home learning. And it can you tell I'm not even saying homeschooling because I feel like I'm not a homeschooler because I am so intimidated by that word. And even though we are homeschooling, but it's this idea that learning at home does not need to look like school. It does not need to be six hours of an hour of a subject per day. And that much of the learning that happens at home just happens in relationships and in the context of daily life and in reading good books together and spending time outdoors and talking with one another. And that's Charlotte Mason philosophy in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it, but but really so much of that resonates with me. And so I'm just excited to um, embrace that this coming semester. And for my teenagers, my older two, I really want to connect with them for the adults that they are becoming and give them freedom to be who they are without my criticism. I am I am a critical person at times and I I want to keep in mind that I need to let them become the adults that they uniquely are going to be and not be criticizing them. So, those are my simple relational relationship goals. And now we are moving into education goals. So, Last year, this past year, if you don't know me, I am in a PhD program. I am studying occupational therapy at Texas Women's University, even though I live in California and I run my businesses here. It's a hybrid program. We used to go to Texas for <laughs> coursework for, for several times per year, but now with COVID, they don't, they don't do that anymore, haven't for the last year. But I am done with all of my coursework. So I finished my coursework for my PhD this year and I passed my qualifying exams, which are a huge set of six hours of written exams that happened at the end of October. And I've passed those exams and now I am ready to start my dissertation proposal, do my research and write my dissertation. I am very hopeful and I'm so hesitant to say this publicly on the podcast because it might not happen, but I'm very hopeful that if I allot the time for it this year, that I might actually be able to finish my PhD by December of 2021. That is that is an audacious goal, which is probably why I'm keeping all the other goals very simple. <laughs> but, but I'm very hopeful about that. And I'm planning, you'll hear as I talk in a little bit about the business goals, that I'm planning to clear my calendar for really the last six months of the year and strip away a lot of the business stuff so that I can really focus on the research and dissertation writing. And that is going to be hard for me because I love my businesses and I love leading my businesses. And yeah, so let's let's dive in. Let's dive into some of that with the business this coming year. Last year, I had goals to promote my Therapy in the Great Outdoors book more, which is a nature-based activity book that I wrote for children. It's available on Amazon if you're interested in it. I did not meet that goal. I didn't do that. I barely promoted it at all. It's just kind of there. And if people are interested, they can get it. But I, because of COVID, I, you know, that that goal kind of went to the wayside. 
I wanted to hold two more retreats for my nature-based therapy approach. It's called the Contigo Approach, Connection and Transformation in the Great Outdoors. That is a model. It's It's a therapy approach that I developed that is a framework or a model for helping pediatric therapists take their work with children outdoors into nature based on currently available evidence. And the Contigo Approach training retreats got canceled because of COVID, so that didn't happen. (laughs) I wanted to take on more business coaching clients. That didn't happen because I was at capacity with the few that I had. I really only had, I don't know, two or three a month that I was doing, but I just could not manage this year, you guys. I was flying by the seat of my pants as we pivoted and created a bunch of online products. So My other goals were to do at least one podcast episode per month. I did continue with that. I did keep that up. We've moved to weekly production in November and December of 2020. Honestly, I'm not sure I'll be able to keep this up. I think I might shift. I I have the episodes scheduled all of January and February, but I think in March we may shift to about three times per month because Weekly is is a bit intense for me, to be honest, but I do love like I love I have so many ideas and I love sharing the content with you, but it is it's a lot of work to produce a well done podcast. So I think we might be switching to three times a week, but for right now we're at weekly. And then my other goals for this year were to be more active on Instagram and more present in my Facebook groups, which I definitely feel like I did. If you haven't connected with me, I'm on Instagram at Laura Park Fig. I would love to connect with you there. I love hearing from listeners in the DMs. If you tag me when you're listening to the podcast, I love it. I, I just, it's fun for me to connect with new people. Podcasting is a very lonely experience. You you are speaking into a microphone with no one in front of you. And it it makes me feel so much more connected to the community of people who listen to this podcast when I hear from you. So please do not ever hesitate to reach out. I am I am totally accessible and I love hearing from you. So I do feel like I've been more present on social media in those spaces. I moderate two Facebook groups, the OT Entrepreneurs Group, which is connected with this podcast, and a group called Therapy in the Great Outdoors, which is for pediatric nature-based therapists. And I, I have been pretty active in both of those groups this year as well. So that goal is met. And then finally, let's get into all of the online products that were happening in my business, because I think this will be helpful to all of you. So when COVID hit, I was in the middle of planning my my first, what would have been my first online launch for an online event, which was the OT Entrepreneur Summit, which I was planning with Trish Williams from Gosh, we had the idea to start it in like October of 2019, and we were planning in the spring when COVID hit. So we were in the process to do that, and we did hold that event in May, and it was very successful, and we're doing it again next May. So May of 2021, that is a goal for this year that I will hold that event with Trish again. And in that process, when COVID hit in March, my Outdoor Kids OT practice really really had to think about how are we going to navigate this? And what came, we had some ideas. I had a meeting with the team and we, we had some ideas about, you know, could we do online classes for kids? Could we launch some new weekly connect with nature through a Zoom class thing? And those all just kind of, as we thought about those, we just realized that 
teletherapy is not really aligned with our business model at Outdoor Kids OT. So we did do some telehealth therapy services in the spring when we were not able to have outdoor groups. But what has happened now is that our outdoor groups are allowed, even with the shelter-in-place orders in our in our county still that have, have recently, because the numbers are going up again. So we are allowed to have our groups again. And so we've actually benefited from having an outdoor model because we we don't have the the limitation of being an indoor space. So outdoor services are allowed to continue still. So this fall, we've done all of our groups outdoors. In the spring, we did a short stint of telehealth for kids that were currently in our groups. We decided purposefully not to launch a whole leg of Outdoor Kids OT that would be a telehealth model or anything like that. And I know that a lot of practices did that. And I think that totally makes sense for a clinic-based practice because you might be able to reach a lot more people if you have a telehealth kind of revenue source in your business as well as having your in-person model. But for us at Outdoor Kids OT, it didn't make sense with the focus of our therapy services, which is to get kids off of screens and out into nature. So if you can see how if you have a framework that you use in your practice and a specific theory that you use and a model that you use, it helps guide your decision making when you have a crisis situation. It, it really helped us in the moment, like knowing the Contigo approach and knowing what our values were as a business really helped us to realize that it's it wasn't really a wise business decision for us to create a telehealth leg of the business, you know, with all the infrastructure around that to continue offering telehealth past the pandemic, even though that might have been smart for other practices. So what we did instead, through a lot of thinking and reflecting, and I talked with a lot of other OT colleagues too, what we did instead was shift our focus to creating resources for therapists. And we already had some of this foundation in place because we had, you know, I had done the training retreat on the Contigo approach for a group of 25 therapists in November of 2019. And I had all intentions. One of my goals for 2020 was to get that Contigo approach course into the online space. Now, I'm not really sure if COVID hadn't happened, if I really would have prioritized getting the Contigo approach course online. But that did happen because of COVID. So not only did we launch the Contigo Approach course this fall, we also created a variety over the summer. We worked with our OTD students who were doing capstones with us. The team and I worked together to create several different online resources for therapists, pediatric therapists who want to take their work with children outdoors into nature. We created a treatment plans pack, which has like kind of done for you treatment plans to address different developmental skills, working with a group of children outdoors in nature. And it gives you supply lists and activity and a snack idea and all all kinds of different things on kind of a one page plan that you can print and get gather your supplies and go kind of done for you plan, which I can't even express how much time this probably (laughs) saves people because when you've done outdoor therapy, it's challenging to plan because there's a lot of variables that that you don't have in an indoor setting. So we created those treatment plans pack. And then we also created a camp kit, which gives therapists everything they need to create a nature-based therapy camp. And then we also offered a bundle of those two resources with, with a bunch of bonuses, like a welcome packet for families and a volunteer training manual and 
a call with me and the team, lots lots of other things that offered a valuable bonus on top of that. So those products we launched in addition to the Contigo Approach course, which we did finally get online as well. So we have all these nature-based resources that we've created in my my nature-based private practice that the beautiful thing, you guys, is that these will be ongoing sources of revenue for years to come, and they are aligned with our business model. So I think the lesson here to think about is even in a time of crisis, if you have values in your business, if you have a framework you are using, it helps you make decisions that are aligned with those values that you have. And that's what we did. So I'm I'm super proud of all the work that we've put in to do this. And I'm so thankful that these will be ongoing sources of revenue for 2021 as well. So I kind of got ahead of myself because I started talking about Outdoor Kids OT. So that's kind of what happened with Outdoor Kids OT. But I'm also running this Mind Your OT business podcast and business coaching business. <laughs> and when the pandemic hit in March, it kind of kicked me in the butt to actually get my group coaching program up and going. I had been asked to do this by people that had attended the Contigo Approach retreat in November of 2019. and I kept putting people off saying, I don't know. I don't know when I'll have time. Maybe by May of 2020. I'm not sure, you know. And man, COVID just kicked me in the butt to do it. Now, I had tons of content already written because I had been teaching in an OTD program and I had taught a course on entrepreneurship. So I had the whole curriculum basically already mapped out what I wanted to teach. It just wasn't in an online platform. So I launched that before I even built it in the online platform in April. And it sold out in nine days. We had 25 people go through the program and got tons of great feedback. And so I recently just launched the second cohort for that program, which will start February to May of this year in 2021. So all of those online launches, guys. And the cool thing is I learned so much. I learned so much about all of the things that I learned in starting my business and that I share in the Business Bedrocks program were appropriate and applied in how I launched all of these online products. So things like copywriting and branding and marketing and selling and things like managing the finances, you know, looking at looking at how much money things are bringing in and looking at what is the most lucrative offer that we've had in the practice, things like that. So all the learning that I did in the early years of my entrepreneurship really came into play as we launched these online products. And I'm thankful because it gives me a whole new skill set and a whole new perspective to offer to my coaching clients when I'm talking with them in, in my Business Bedrocks program, when I'm talking with them about how to create diverse revenue sources for your business. I think we never want to put all our eggs in one basket. And that is something that I've really learned this year as we've created all of these different revenue sources. But the result is that I am very tired <laughs> after 2020. I feel like I was running a marathon and I had to just, you know, one one part would end and the next thing would pick up. And some of it was required because we had OTD students that were working with us and I had to I had to have stuff for them to do. But this coming year, 
in 2021, my goal is to really slow down and simplify. I'm thinking of it like rinse and repeat, you know? So I have these successful programs that have been launched and I've gotten feedback about them from people. And we're going to keep doing those and just refine what we have. So I am going to add content to Bedrocks because Reels came out on Instagram and I have to talk to people about Reels because I love Reels and I love sharing with people how to create them. But I really think this year is going to be one of like slow and steady pace. And I'm forced. I mean, I literally wrote down a goal in my journal. I will not create a new product, only improve the ones I currently have. (laughs) I am. One other goal I have is to move away from individual coaching. And the reason is that leveraged offers are so much more protective of my time and they help a bigger number of people to have transformation. So there's something to be said for working one-on-one with a business coach. And I've gained value from that myself, but I also know that with everything that I am doing this year with my dissertation happening and running both businesses, I, I really need to leverage my time and to be able to help the greatest number of people possible. I am pouring my energy into mentoring and coaching the people that are in my group program. So that's in the Contigo Approach course about nature-based practice and in my business Bedrocks group coaching program for business. So that is a real mental shift for me because I think I've always valued the one-on-one and feeling like I just, I really do love doing it. I love individual coaching. I love those calls. And I've always said like, well, who cares if it doesn't make as much money because I just love doing it. Well, the reality is I don't have time (laughs) right now to to book myself with a bunch of one-to-one calls. And so I hope that's somewhat helpful to all of you to help you think about how can you create a leveraged offer? And by that, I mean something where you are not trading one-on-one your time for one hour of pay. Okay. I've talked about this in, in previous podcast episodes as well, but if you can create an offer, it does not just apply to coaching either. If you can create an offer that is a therapy service, that is a group service, that could be a leveraged offer where you might be paying one therapist, but they're serving a variety of of clients. So just an example to share for you to consider in your own practice to create those leveraged offers and move away from the one hour of work for one hour of money. Okay, my last goal in my business is... You're going to laugh because I basically said year of simplicity and I'm not going to create any new offers. But I'm hoping with my husband that we will be creating a whole new business. Yep. A third business, guys, (laughs) because we really have been talking a lot lately about investing and investing in assets. That means probably real estate and investment property. And I'm learning a lot. I I mentioned this in a recent podcast episode interview that I did with Trish Williams, and I'm not sure if it's, I don't think it's out yet on her podcast, but I mentioned that I, I feel like now I know how to make money and I can help my coaching clients make money. I know how to generate revenue, but what I want to learn in this coming year is really get smart financially. I want to be very financially savvy with money and that means building wealth. And, and I don't, I I know that we're all therapists, most of us listening to this. And so I think in some ways I say that and I'm like, oh, my gosh, people are going to think I'm so like greedy or something. And, And that's really not the case. I really do feel like 
It's being a steward of the resources that you have. And being a good steward means that when a dollar comes into your business, you know how to make it work well for you. And so I, I'm doing a lot of learning right now with my husband. And this has been really good for us, too, because I think it's aligning the two of us on what our financial goals are as a family. But I'm doing a lot of research about real estate investing and owning real estate as a way to create and build long-term wealth. And that's all I can say right now. I may be sharing in a future episode maybe some books that have helped me and things that I'm delving into along those lines. So my goal I'm a little scared to say this out loud too because I don't know that we'll meet it. But but I'm I'm we're going to meet it guys, okay? I'm going to shift my mindset there and not think the the negative thought that we won't. My goal this year is that by the end of 2021, we will own one if not two rental properties. That is my goal and my husband has agreed to that goal. So <laughs> So we're on the same page, which is good because not being on the same page financially with your partner can be extremely stressful. We have been there. So it's kind of cool to be doing this together and to be learning to be financially savvy. So that's a big goal of mine for the year. The one thing that I'm not keeping simple, honestly, that's my audacious goal for 2021. I'm a little overwhelmed by it and a little frightened by it. But honestly, that is what entrepreneurship is all about. The biggest rewards usually come from being willing to look at the risk and to learn and to take small steps, even if you're scared. So that is what we are planning to do. Ah, we're 35 minutes in and I still have not shared my numbers with you. So here they are, my numbers from 2020. First, I'm going to compare them to 2019. So in 2019, I was doing my PhD. I was teaching in an OTD program and I was running my private practice in this podcast and coaching business. So I was doing a lot and I, I really, I share that only to say that to frame it, that I was really working on both businesses rather part-time, okay? So I my private practice has a wonderful practice manager who we have really great systems in place, and I have very little hands-on that I have to do to make the systems run in the practice as far as like intake of clients and getting them scheduled with the therapist and putting them in the right group and all of this stuff. So I don't spend a lot of time at Outdoor Kids OT on the day-to-day of the practice because I've hired someone who's awesome to do that. I get to spend time mentoring my therapist, talking with them about any needs they have, and creating the online products and things in the business. So my point is hire good people. That's my point. (laughs) And delegate when needed. But I share this because in 2019, I was running the businesses very part-time. So I, in 2019, to compare to 2020, that's why I'm sharing 2019, we had 161K in gross sales. And at the end of the year, we had 32K in net revenue or profit. So that's a 20% profit margin, which is huge. Now, I probably should have paid myself more. That would have made the profit margin go down because that would have been counted in my salary. My salary that year was 32000 with my bonuses and things. I use Profit First. If you've never read it, you should get it. But I use that system. So with my bonuses and my salary, I paid myself thirty-two k. Now, this year, at the end of the year, I gave myself a huge bonus. So our profit margin is much lower, but more money is in my pocket. So I'm not ashamed of that. <laughs> so... This year, 
we did 174K in gross revenue. However, that is not an accurate number because we had to do so many refunds for services because of COVID that actually our gross revenue is 147. So even though my books say we brought in 174 and we we you know have a line item that's like refunds to clients and that money's taken out, I I really look at it as though we only brought in 147 because that's after refunds were given. So if we use 147 as the gross revenue. I feel okay with that because this was a pandemic year and we had to cancel like thousands of dollars of services in the spring and and lose a ton of revenue because of that. So the fact that we got close to the same amount that we made last year during a global pandemic, I feel really proud of that. So that it is what it is. So and then I took a much higher salary. So I gave myself a bonus at the end of this year and I took $58,000 in salary this year. That includes my profit first bonuses as well. So what happened here then is that I took more salary, which means that there is less profit left in the business. But this is something that I'm really working on this coming year is to kind of distribute out my payment, be more comfortable taking salary for myself out of the business. That's a goal I forgot to mention, but it is a goal because basically what I did, someone messaged me on Instagram like, next time, please don't leave yourself for last. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That's actually a goal I'm going to talk about on the podcast for for this coming year because I shared with, I waited until the last day of the year to pull out my bonus. And then it ended up that it's actually going to be on the 2021 books, I think. But Oh well, like it's it, we can we can adjust in the books. So I what happened is then that there is less profit left in the business because I actually took a higher salary out of the business. So we only had 8k left over, which is about a 5% profit margin for this last year. Now, it's really important when you hear these numbers to know that the profit is what's important. And also, I think how much you're paying yourself as the business owner. So I don't really care that there's a little less money left in the business because I, I'm i wanting to see now more of that money in my pocket, okay? <laughs> but And what I want to learn this year, like I said before, is how to get that profit in the business to kind of be making more money passively for me, possibly by investing in real estate and things like that. So, But it's really important to know that when you are looking at the numbers in your business, the the gross number that you're re- that you're of revenue that your business brings in is honestly, it's kind of irrelevant because I'm sorry, your business can bring in a million dollars. And if you are spending more than a million dollars, your business is not financially solvent. So the reason I share these numbers with you all is to is to help you start thinking about how to actually track what you're bringing in, your gross revenue, versus what is left over, it's your net or your profit in the business after all of those expenses have been paid. And to understand that you need to know those numbers. You need to know those numbers really clearly and you need to set targets for those each year so that you, I mean, but let's face it, we didn't hit any targets in 2020. It was a wash. But <laughs> I, I, I just am so thankful that the hard work that I probably that probably is the reason I feel really exhausted. The hard work I did to to launch all of those online products helped my business end the year with a profit. Now, it's not a huge profit, but I paid myself more. So I'm happy about that. But you, you have to leave profit in your business. That is how a business is financially solvent. 
I think the more we are honest and willing to put our numbers out there and talk openly about the finances in our businesses, the more we will be successful, the more we will be able to learn from one another and kind of pull back that veil of mystery around finances in our businesses. We we have to be willing to talk about this stuff, you guys, because there is too much secrecy around this. So that is why I share my numbers. And again, it is a little scary to, <laughs> to put them out there for all of you because I know there's people who listen to this podcast who make a million dollars a year probably or pay themselves a lot more than I do. But I hope I hope it encourages all of you that, you know, just just to kind of have some numbers to look at from a business that is financially making a profit. So to wrap things up here, I want to share my word for 2021. So I have seen this done all over the internet forever and all over social media, like, what's your word for the year or whatever? And I've never done this, but I feel the need to because I need a focal point for this year to keep reminding me that I do not have to run myself ragged. And I shared this on Instagram in an Instagram story. If we're not connected there, I'm at Laura Park Fig, all one word. And I I shared on an Instagram story that I had my yesterday on the first day of the year, I had my husband drop me off about, it was 3.83 miles from our house when my app when I finished the run, but I had him drop me off on the way home from somewhere so that I could run home. I have this thing when I exercise, I like to run from one point to another. I, I don't like running like in a loop or an out and back. I like I like the the goal. Maybe it's because I'm an OT, guys, like the goal-directed process of running from one point to another to get me to an end point. So I had him drop me off, you know, a little a little under four miles from our house and Within like the first, I planned to run the whole way home or jog. I'm, I'm very slow, but I jog. And about a mile and a half in, I just was like, I can't do this. I'm tired. <laughs> and so I just walked slash jogged slash ran the rest of the way home after that. And I, I posted a story on Instagram saying, this is a fitting start to my 2021 because I do not want to run myself ragged this year. I have spent the last two and a half years in, you know, doing all of my coursework for my PhD and running two businesses and half the time I was teaching. It's too much. Oh, yeah. And I have kids and a life and a husband and friends and things like that. But I I really don't want to run myself ragged this year. And so I, I posted it like kind of as a joke on Instagram, like, what should my word of the year be? And I got some good feedback from people, like some good words, things like steady or slow or... I was even thinking of the word contemplative, but I I was trying to think of a word that implies taking action, but not taking action in a frenetic and crazy and stressful way like I feel like 2020 was. I feel like I did not get to stop in 2020. It was just like one thing after another. Some of that was not by choice. I had commitments that I had made to students who were doing capstones in my business and to my own educational process that I had to meet. And so I felt like I didn't get to rest. So for 2021, someone mentioned that the the word they thought worked worked for my word was walk. And I love it. That is the word I'm picking, walk. Because it implies steps forward right? But not at a crazy, frenetic, fast pace. So I'm choosing the word walk for my 2021 word. I would love to hear your 2021 word. If you want to DM me on Instagram, I would love to hear it. But that is the word I've chosen, walk. 
I'm walking in 2021. As part of that, I developed a strategic plan for 2021, and I have been looking at it on my whiteboard for the last few weeks, and I'm super overwhelmed by it. So I'm just removing some stuff, you guys. I am not sure if I will offer my online programs twice next year. I think what I am going to do is to really clear the the last half of the year on my calendar so that I can focus on my research and my dissertation writing and really work as minimally as possible in my businesses. So what that means is if you want to ensure that you get to do the Business Bedrocks group coaching program in the year 2021, I would highly recommend you sign up for the February to May cohort because my plan was to do it again in the fall, and I think I may not. I'm not saying I won't. I'm going to go by how I feel, and if I'm walking and I feel fine and I can keep walking, then maybe I will do it. But right now, I think I'm probably not going to offer it in the fall again. It will only be offered from February to May of this year. And only at this price point as well. So if you're interested, make sure you are on my email list. I am only going to open cart again for two days before the coaching program starts on February 4th. So make sure you're on my email list. And if you want more info, you can go to businessbedrocks.com. Basically, this program was designed because I saw the same questions and the same struggles being experienced over and over by every single entrepreneur that I was working with. And so the program is specifically designed to help you set up systems in the four bedrock foundations of any business, which are mindset, operations, finances, and marketing. Having an entrepreneur mindset and dealing with all those mindset challenges that come up, we all have them and we all need to learn strategies to deal with them. Operations, getting automated systems in place. I mentioned in this episode how my private practice runs without a lot of direct time on my part because I've hired someone well and we have good systems in place. So the Business BetterX program helps you automate as much as possible in your business so that you have more time to grow and scale the business and, and create other revenue sources. And finances. Finances are so key. I think I've shared some about that in this podcast episode too, about you need to, as an entrepreneur, be in control of your finances. And I have a system that I feel so confident in and I love using it. I love managing my business finances and I share that in my Business Bedrocks program. And finally, marketing. There are systematic ways and things that you need to set up in your marketing systems in your business that will help your business have ongoing success as you move forward. And in this program, I share a seven-step marketing ladder where you can hop on that ladder at wherever you are in your business and get your marketing systems in place so that you have a strong foundation to continue, again, to grow and scale your business. If you need help in these areas, if you feel like you don't have systems in place, if you're struggling with mindset, if you don't have automated systems in place for your operations, if you aren't sure if your marketing is really effective, and if you feel like maybe your finances are a little out of control, then Business Bedrocks might be a great fit for you. So this is not a start your business program. You need to have a business in place to join Business Bedrocks. That is a stipulation that I make very clearly. There are very great books out there about how to start a business. You can get, I always recommend Nolo Press, N-O-L-O Press, P-R-E-S-S. 
And they're a legal book company. They have tons of great step-by-step books to help you know how to start your business. And I didn't really want to do a start your business program because I think those books are really effective at helping you like, okay, you have to file with the secretary of state and you have to do this and you have to file your corporate documents and all of those things. But this program is for after your business is up and running, getting systems in place so that your business runs effectively and efficiently so that you love running your business, so that you actually enjoy your work as a business owner because your business will have consistent revenue streams coming in. I can confidently say that I love running my businesses. And so I've poured everything into this program that will help you love running yours. If you've checked out the businessbetterox.com website and you're not really sure if it's right for you, please, please, please get in touch with me directly. I love to answer questions about this program. And I will tell you if it is not the right fit for you, honestly. So you can DM me on Instagram at lauraparkfig or just shoot me an email, lauraparkfig at gmail.com. I really, truly only want people in this program who are the right fit for the program. So do not hesitate to reach out to me. As always, thanks for listening. I want to encourage you to take a small step, set some small goals or huge goals, whatever you feel like, whatever your energy feels like. You heard me in this episode say, this year my goals are going to be simple. You got to know what you need, right? And so set your own goals for your business. I encourage you to write them down. Write down some goals for your business this year and for your personal life as well. And take a small step towards those goals because small steps make great gains over time. Until next time, mind your OT business.